I did ask earlier on if anybody had a question for Greg. Greg O'Shea, who's just walked into the studio. They want to drop the question. Greg, this is literally genuinely the first question that came in, right? Did you get a few questions? We okay, did, but this is the first one. We weren't ghosted. Can Greg marry me, please? <laughs> Followed by a smiley face. And ah, no, seriously. Uh, it is a good question, actually. It's Emma Inish. A lot of people oh. may or may not know that you uh, have a fitness app. I do. You're obviously obsessed with fitness. You're an athlete. Yeah. Emma Inish wants to know, what are your top tips for starting a fitness journey for someone who's a complete novice? I don't run unless me ma's after oh me, Oh, my she God. Says. Is this the same girl that's asked me to marry her? Pro- yes, exactly. <laughs> so if she gets involved in the app, we might get married. Um, <laughs> do you know what? You can't bite off and try and eat the whole cake in the first go. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Just have one little bite to start is what I'd say. So if you have done absolutely nothing to this day, you have to start really small. So maybe you have to start with like a walk and then build up to like a 10-minute hit workout. And then you can build up to always something like a marathon. Do you know what I mean? But don't try don't and bite try off more than start. you can chew. So yeah, like yeah. The, the beauty of my app is it's called Better at Greg. It's literally what it says on the tin. You train with me live. So this morning we did two live classes. Brilliant. And the issue is now that I've created the app and that was the USP, it's such a responsibility because I yeah, have to be have there to do and it. I have to do every single rep. <laughs> so that's the motivating part is if I'm asking to do 10 push-ups, I'm doing 10 push-ups as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So and you're good. just, you're non-stop with it. That's the thing. As you said, it, it's not one of those things where you can farm out the videos. Like you're doing it live. It's a workout with you. Exactly, yeah. I'm yeah. not away like in Dubai or something. I'm there. I was there this morning in my living room jumping around like a madman. My housemate hates me, but like, it's good. I'm helping people get fit. You, you know? are helping people. And that's amazing. And we should say congratulations to you because like, look, you, you hung up the boots from rugby. Did. We'll talk about that in a second. But you've jumped back into your, your other love, which is presenting, and you're now on the 6 o'clock show on Virgin Media. How many weeks are you into it now? So this is my 10th week, I think. And how you feel finding it? Because I think you're such a natural fit for presenting in general, but particularly that show. Oh, Dave, I appreciate that. No, genuinely. You're doing it donkeys now, I yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. Um, do you know what? Do you know the metaphor of a duck on a water when he's just kicking underneath, but on the top he looks nice and calm? <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what's happening with me. <laughs> oh, I'm, I know exactly what you're talking about, my friend. <laughs> I am freaking out every, yeah. every time. And I'm still learning on the Job. I'm still a baby, even though like I started three years ago sporadically doing presenting jobs here and there. Sure. I was on the radio for a while as well. I'm still nowhere near like a Karen Coster or yourself, but I'm learning every time. And they're they're pranking me on the show, so that means they have enough confidence in me that I won't completely mess up. You see, isn't that the, the great personality of that show? And I think maybe something like this show as well, where it doesn't take itself too seriously. You can prank, you can mess up, you can, I mean, Cahill, who works on the show here today, we've sent him walking from Cashel, his hometown, to these offices here, and he left yesterday. What? And he has to get here by the end of the show tomorrow. No way. These are the kind of things we do, but like, but we don't take ourselves seriously, you guys don't take yourselves seriously, and that is actually the appeal of the show, this, the six o'clock show is, if you tune in, you know you're going to have fun. That's it, it's a bit of crack, and I think listeners and viewers just appreciate knowing that it's true, it's real, and yeah. it's genuine, and if we mess up, you see us mess up. <laughs> Like last night, they turned off the auto cue as, as I was reading it. Like, <laughs> That's cool. And, and, like, and you just have <laughs> to go with it because it's live TV. You know I mean? And same with you in the radio. So I think Irish people really appreciate the rawness of it. Yeah, they do. That's why it's so popular. And rightly so, it's been around for so long as well. Yeah. But talk to us about the ruby for a sec because that was such a big part of your life for so long. And then, obviously, it happens to every professional athlete of any description. You get to a point where you go, I can't do this anymore for whatever reason. Uh, and you have to make that decision and it's not easy and what was it like for you? Oh, you do you know what I finally got into the stage where I'm starting to miss it mm. and for the first year I didn't miss it I was like thank god I'm out of there yeah. but I more so missed the camaraderie of it like every day I was going in and training with my best mates yeah. and even though it's tough it's good crack because you're, you're physically working out but you're with your friends and I didn't really want to retire but 
the thing was, I was lucky enough to, re- to retire at the top of the game. Yep. So we got to the Olympics and I was lucky enough to go, do you know what, I'm going to finish now and close that chapter of my life. Yeah. Where a lot of people get injured or they stop getting picked and you finish with a bitterness. So, uh, and also there was kind of like a money element to it. We were getting paid very low, but like sure. everyone knows that that's common knowledge with the sevens. It's not like a stable career to last you until you're 35. No, no. Yeah, but it's, it was good crack and it's the best job to have as like a young 20 year old. Travel the world with your best friends and lucky enough we got to the Olympics. So, and there's a lot more to life like presenting and things like oh, that. Absolutely, and the, as you said, the achievement of, of taking the sevens to the level that you guys got them to, which they'd never been before, you know, who knows, may never reach that level again. I mean, that is a phenomenal achievement, and I love that idea of going out on your own terms, exactly. whatever those terms are. That's brilliant. Yeah, well, we thought we were like the cream of the crop, the team that we had that got to the Olympics, and mm-hmm. then about five of us retired, we were like, ah, they'll never be able to do what we did. <laughs> and they went away and got a third medal in yeah. the World Cup there a couple of months ago, <laughs> yeah. and like the team just so much better. So maybe they needed to get rid of the dusty fellas. <laughs> I, <guess. laughs> I don't want to say it, Greg. I don't want to say it. Um, come here. Um, you did the marathon last year with Cahill again, who's walking. He did the marathon uh, as another challenge from the show. The man's a fitness maniac. He's like yourself. Um, How do you find prepping for those kind of individual things versus the the team's scenario? Is it mentally very different? Yeah, it's tough. But if you think of it just like an overall sense, I just wanted a goal to focus on and Mm. to work towards. So same when I was playing rugby for like 10 years, I always had a goal to work towards a tournament or a match. So then I retired and I had no real focus so I was like, I'm going to pick a marathon because it's like a bucket list thing to do. Yeah. I picked the London Marathon and oh my God, it was so hard. It's so much harder <laughs> than you think it is. Oh, To go from being like a sprinter sevens player to a marathon to running, a long distance, complete, yeah. complete opposite ends of the scale. Yeah. Um, but I did it for charity. I did it for Alzheimer's research and my grandmother, like a lot of other um, people know out there, struggled with Alzheimer's. So I raised a bit of money for them, which kind of kept me motivated through Brilliant. the whole thing. Got the marathon done, and then Super Greg three weeks later agreed to do an ultra marathon. Oh, no, <laughs> where and when? So I did an ultra marathon three weeks later for a, a mental health charity called Big Moose in Bristol, and it was fifty-five kilometers oh, stop. running around the woods. Like genuinely, I was never challenged that hard for a one physical challenge my whole life. Like because was, I mean, if, like okay, so a marathon's forty-five kilometers, an ultra marathon fifty-five, but you're not on road; you're in the forest, running around forests, ah, like yeah, stop. over jumping over sticks, like slip. I twisted both ankles, like within the first <laughs> on the first round, like it was <laughs> no. insane. We did three rounds of about thirteen k, and it was an absolute slog. But you know what? After you finish it. I call it like a second degree of fun. Okay. So like first degree fun is like going for a point with your friends sure. or whatever. But second degree fun, you only experience it if you go through something tough and you earn it and you get to the end and you're just like, that was absolutely amazing. And you can only get it by working hard. And it, it sucked me back in because I'm going to do another big race at the end of this year. Oh, really? We're going to train for, yeah. You're not going to tell us what it is oh, yet? I can't tell you what it is yet because I need to see if the body's going to be able to oh. work first before I announce <laughs> it. I have no uh, doubt it will. But it's always just having a focus. I know? love that idea, the, the second, the first, you know, kind of fun and, and, and the second degree and all that. What was Love Island for you? Was it was that first degree? <laughs> or were you able to say, oh, I got through that? It was first degree fun for a while until I got absolutely lambasted and cancelled by the entire <laughs> British media for not marrying the girl I met for 12 days on a TV show. She's a lovely girl, but like, what? I wasn't going to put a ring no, on the finger straight no, away. You weren't, you know I mean? you weren't. So that was fun until that point. And then th- this far on, like three years mm. on, I would have everything kind of, like my fitness app, I've presenting yeah. gig. And I'm not stupid, like, you know, Love Island was a major stepping stone for me to be in this world. So I'm very appreciative of it. So it's second degree fun in that sense. In that sense now. And, and I'm not going to like shun it and be like, oh no, I did it by myself. I didn't. Ste- Love Island was a stepping stone, but I took the opportunity and I'm loving it now. And you would know? you watch the current one, the winter one, or would you watch any of them now these days that they're on, or would you go, no, I'm not kind of 
of like PTSD kind of <laughs> there's a little bit of PTSD yeah, I'd say there is I still have the kind of um, interest in a Especially because I'm like presenting every day now, of so course. I need to know what's going on. Yeah, People yeah, are going to yeah. ask me. But because, and of course, it's on Virgin Media, so it's on know, Virgin Media yeah, as well. Exactly, yeah. And, and like, we have a lot of Islanders coming on the show and stuff. And if I yeah. don't know, it looks kind of stupid. Yeah, yeah. But I know how the show operates now, so I don't have as much grow for it as I did before. Sure. Um, but it looks it's easy watching I'm sure you're included every oh, night yeah. every night of the week I can't get enough <laughs> of it <laughs> um, come here, I read a tweet from you this morning uh, talking about Katie Taylor Man, and the ridiculous. fact that yeah that her fight if you haven't heard this I'm sure you have but if you haven't we'll just fill in really quickly uh, there's a homecoming fight for Katie and her pr- promoter Eddie Hearn uh, obviously it's been hinted that it might be in Crow Park and we all think 80,000 people in Crow Park is or it might be more than 80,000 people to see Katie Taylor fight on Irish soil for the first time as a professional boxer would just be phenomenal. But on a podcast, Eddie Hernan said that it's too expensive. You just literally can't, you know, whatever mathematics they work out in those boxing riches, yeah. that they can't make it work. And that the three arena is possibly the place. You, you, Your tweet was, I'm honestly shocked that Katie Taylor's homecoming fight won't be taking place in our biggest stadium, Croker. Everything should be done by politicians and the government to make it happen. It's an iconic event. Three arena is a good venue. But imagine 80,000 fans cheering live. Yeah, like my, I get um, goosebumps thinking about it. Imagine Katie Taylor fighting on home soil for the world, like putting her belts on the line. Yeah. I can't, I'm honestly shocked that they haven't just put it in the biggest stadium. Just just make it happen. Like they made the Irish Women's Open happen, that government helped with that. Mm. So why not help with this? Just like, I know Croker are probably charging extortionate amount. I think they're charging three times more than English stadiums charge. Um, but just just pay it give them what they want like it's just going to be iconic it's more than just a boxing match it's what's involved in it it is more than a boxing match I agree with you there there's, there's a place for Katie Taylor in the heart of this country that is more important than money and more important than ever but I suppose all the right people need to have the conversation right mm-hmm. so Eddie Hearn might be knowing he's lighting a fire somewhere by saying this on a podcast and then we all get up in our arms and then we'll probably find out and mean, no the government and the GAA and Eddie Hearn are all having these talks like, who yeah. knows but fingers crossed I mean the three arena would be amazing Aviva would be amazing Kroger would be just oh my god the greatest 80,000 people shouting on Katie you should do it in Slane we'd all go like <laughs> 200,000 people down it's going to be sold out like, yeah. I think the thing is Eddie's saying that if they pay for Kroger they can't afford to pay the boxers what they deserve mm. so that's fair enough from his point of view but just make it happen guys stop fighting everyone stop being selfish there you are we see Katie Greg O'Shea wants to see Katie and Kroger so do we all uh, Greg as always thanks for coming in it's great to have you in uh, and I might be seeing you on the 6 o'clock show soon myself yeah. and Neil Delamere have our little podcast going we might be back on to promote it soon we'll get so. you on with flip rolls here yeah definitely yeah. Thanks, you can prank man. us no worries Greg O'Shea uh, dropping in to have a chat with us love it